Welcome to the Kelly and the Encouragers podcast with your host, Kelly Sisson, wife, mother, therapist, and hippie at heart who loves Earl Grey iced tea, deep conversations, and encouraging others. If you need a little encouragement today, you are in the right place. Thank you for joining us. Welcome back to another episode of Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. I'm so happy to have you here with me today. But before I tell you about who's going to be on the show, I just want to take a quick moment and thank our sponsors, consultationandsupervision.com. On today's show, I have Rachel Ballard here with me. Rachel is the host of the podcast, How to Like Your Husband. What I love about her is she is so authentic in her message. She shares hard truths. She encourages you. She just is quite honestly really leading the way of actually saying, hey, sometimes I have a hard moment with my spouse and here are some ways that I work through that. So I know that you are going to love today's episode. Hi, Rachel. Welcome to the show. Hi, how are you, Kelly? Good. How are you doing? Amazing. Are you? Good, Mm -hmm. good. I'm so happy that we're here together. Um, I'm wondering if you can introduce yourself to the listeners. Sure, I would be happy to. Uh, My name is Rachel Ballard, and I run a podcast called How to Like Your Husband. I'm a marriage strategist and help coach women through um, improving their own lives and their relationships. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. I um, I have to tell you, I don't know if anyone else has said this, but you have like the perfect voice for a podcast too. Have you heard that before? Oh. <laughs> you know, um, I have heard that a few times and it's always surprising uh, to me because I hear myself in my head. So I'm kind of like, you know, biggest critic of yourself yeah. usually. So. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it is interesting because how we think that we sound like when, when I listen to a recording of myself, I'm like, that is nothing like what I sound like, but apparently it really is. Right. <laughs> yeah. In my mind, it's one way. And then uh, my husband says um, that I use my Delilah voice on. Oh my God, I love my, that. <laughs> when I talk on a podcast, do you remember her? She was like yes. a um, yes. radio person. She was like the nighttime radio person and people would call right. in and request songs. I don't know yeah, if that from was all over the country. Yeah, I was going to say, was it all over the country? I live in the mm-hmm. or lived in the Midwest, so I'm not 100 percent um, sure if it was or not. But yeah, they would tell their like sad stories. Like, yeah. Oh, it just like broke your heart. And then she'd play some sweet little love song. Yeah, he's he's like, that's your Delilah voice. And then my kids say I have a um, that I use my Jackson Tree Service voice when I answer the phone for our for our business um, oh gosh. or have to talk to a customer our business I turn on my Jackson tree service voice and and they make fun of me for that so I feel like I just talk normal all the time (laughs) (laughs) like I'm not really sure what you guys are seeing yeah right you know I do notice sometimes though um when I will get done recording a podcast and then um we'll just be talking about something I almost do hear a shift in my own voice too and I'm not sure why it's just I think it's just like a natural you're you know having a conversation excuse me And it just kind of changes. So it's very interesting. But for sure. Yeah. So I'm wondering, can you tell us a little bit about your passion behind your podcast, How to Like Your Husband? Sure. I would be super happy to. Um, Basically, I had kind of an epiphany a few years ago uh, where we were dealing with alcohol, uh, excuse me, alcoholism in our relationship. And we approach that or I approach that from the, you need to stop this or else kind of ultimatum, um, perspective. And, um, that did not work out very well for me. Uh, even, even when he would try to, um, to do that, it just always would, we would always fall back into that codependency and, uh, drinking and all of those things. And so, um, I had a pretty big, um, awakening over a summer and decided, um, that I was tired of this and I was going to figure out how to solve it. And so I showed up at a, um, Al-Anon meeting. And if you're not familiar, that's a 12 step program like AA, except for the family members of, um, (coughs) alcoholics. So it can be siblings or kids of spouses of any, any of even friends, you know, any of those things. So, I showed up at an Al-Anon meeting and uh, got told that his drinking was not my problem or my responsibility and that I just needed to focus on myself and stop focusing on him. And I decided 
to do that because nothing else I was doing was working. So why not try what they said? And through the course of that and really focusing on myself, I it got to a point, you know, farther into that growth journey that I realized that I didn't really like my husband anymore, that I still loved him, but that I did not like him. And that wasn't the relationship that I was looking for. So we, you know, I, I knew that when my kids left, I was also leaving, like that there was just nothing for me there in a relationship. And um, I didn't want to do that for the next, let's see, I've got like 12 years still of someone being in our house kid wise. So I didn't want to do that for that long. So decided to change it and learn how to like him and create the relationship that I wanted. Wow. Oh my gosh. How impressive that you, first of all, even went to Al-Anon and got that support. I mean, that's a huge <laughs> step truly. And yeah. Can be really it was scary. big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was terrifying to even walk in there and to admit to all those people that, that I had a problem, that we had a problem, that all the things. So, yeah. yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sure there was a lot of vulnerability that of taking that step. And, and, and it almost makes it, I feel like when we say something out loud to other people, it makes it very real too. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Things that I was hiding from friends and family and myself and my kids for years, all of a sudden I was supposed to go talk about every Tuesday night to strangers. So it was it was definitely the most vulnerable I had ever been. I had a huge vulnerability problem up until then. It became much easier when, you know, vulnerability is kind of, um, it's like a muscle that you have to exercise, I think. Absolutely. So, yeah, that, that uh, really opened me up to using that muscle more often and even being more vulnerable in my marriage, so. Yes, absolutely. Do you find, too, with vulnerability, like, you, I don't know if... I know some people have experienced this. I know for me personally, I definitely do, but you almost have like a vulnerability hangover. Like after you share that much yes. information, then it takes sometimes even a couple of days to like really recover from that. Yeah, for sure. I definitely experienced that. And I, um, this, I don't think it's probably just me, but I, I would think a lot of women do this as well, but I have, um, in that hangover, I have a fear of that vulnerability being used against me. So I spend a few days like, on my on my toes like waiting how is this going to be used against me in a fight uh or a disagreement or um a sarcastic joke you know how's this gonna hurt me how's what i shared going to hurt me um because that's kind of what i expect in those kind of things just that's how i was raised so that's what i expect and it's that can be really hard (laughs) really hard yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm really curious too. So when you decided to focus on you, I mean, what fantastic advice that they gave you and almost, I would imagine right. freeing in some ways too. But I wonder yeah. when you started focusing on, on you, you and what you were in control of, how did that really shift things for you? Um, for, how did it shift them for me, um, in my own life? Um, Let's see, I would say that everything just got easier because when you're only responsible for yourself and your kids, um, I mean, you don't have control over the rest of it. And knowing that I didn't have control um, just made things a lot easier. I felt like I was um, a control freak up until that point because that was how I stayed safe. If I just always had control of the situation, then I was safe and um, I couldn't be hurt emotionally if I, if I was controlling the conversation and controlling the argument and controlling our calendar and all of the things and um, being able to um, just say, okay, I'm only going to control what I can actually control. And the only thing I can actually control is my own mindset in any situation. So I really can't control my kids, you know, I can expect and discipline and all of those things, but I can't control the, the outcome, um, there. I can't control my husband. So man, it was just, all of a sudden I had time on my hands. (laughs) I felt like I was so busy before. Uh, I think we all do, but when you're only trying to, um, keep yourself on track instead of trying to keep all the balls in the air you're just focusing on yourself all of a sudden you have time for 
all kinds of things, all yeah. kinds of things. So, yeah, I would imagine that is quite a shift, quite a yeah. shift. So, you know, that's just hard in um, daily life, right? To know that we're not in control of everything that we would love to be in control of, it regardless is. if it's it our is. relationship or not. Yeah, it's yeah. so hard. Yeah. You know, I have to tell you this morning, you know, I, I, I had shared that it was off to a little bit of a rough start. Um, what I hadn't shared with you yet is um, I had a kind of a rough start with my husband, which is highly unusual, to be honest. And I was like, what, what a funny, what a funny Welcome. coincidence, you know, I was like, this is not something that typically happens in the day that we meet to speak about your podcast and how to like your right. husband. I was like, this feels very, very fitting right now. Yeah. So. You know, I was uh, interviewed for a podcast last week and and uh, had the same, she was like, you know, we usually get along really well. And today I'm just like, man, uh, having a little rougher morning. I'm yeah. like, well, you know, when you know you're about to be with someone that you can speak that to, uh, I guess it allows you to think about it a little bit more and maybe dwell in it a little bit more. So sure. Don't sure. Do that. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure no. it's great. <laughs> Absolutely, that is too funny. That happened. It'll be interesting. Like as you continue on, does that happen more and more? And what is that? Right. And, you know, I think that would be really insightful to be able to know. And, yeah, and I think it's worth noting that, like, realistically, most of us have had times where we don't necessarily like our husband. You know, we may of course we may love our husband, but not necessarily like them. And so I yeah, wonder. You, oh, go ahead. I was I was just gonna say you, you can't be with someone for that many years and like them all of the time. I mean, and I think it would be very naive to think that you can, that that's maybe a fresh into marriage outlook. And I appreciate you girls. And that's, that's great. But the reality is um, when you're up in the middle of the night with the screaming baby, or you're cleaning up the puke or the dog or the whatever, you know, like it's hard to like a person yeah. in that situation if they're not you know, down on their knees to helping you in it or whatever that may look like for you. Yeah, absolutely. I do remember when my son was really young and I would think like, oh, I can't believe that you get to sleep in right now. Like you get to sleep through this and like he would help. Don't get me wrong. But like there is only so right. much, especially if you're breastfeeding that, you know, that can be right. can be done. And so yeah. um, it was me saying like, no, you have to go to work tomorrow, you know, get some rest. But at the same time, I was like, oh, I can't believe you can sleep. <laughs> right. You have to remind yourself of how real karma is in life. Uh, funny little side note to this. Um, um, I, I breastfed uh, as well. And our last baby was just, I mean, she was just a biter. I mean, all the things. And then if somebody would walk in the room and talk, you know, she would just jerk her head to wherever that person was, but not let go of oh, me. No. And so, you know, so I would end up with blood blisters and cracked nipples and all the things. Right. And I used to just think to myself, like, you will never understand the pain of feeding this baby about my husband. Yeah. And uh he recently ran a half marathon. Oh my gosh. And in the and in the process of that did not use uh nipple guards, even though I had mentioned that yes. this might be a good idea. And uh rubbed both of his nipples completely. Oh, wrong. No. <laughs> and I I felt so bad for him and also was like, oh, here's where it comes around full yes. circle. It's happened. <laughs> I love that. That is hilarious. Yeah. And that's a real thing. So um, yeah. any men that run definitely need to. Uh, yeah, it is. It, I have never seen any. I mean, I, I did feel bad for him. I, I feel like it, he possibly got the worst end in yeah. the pain for that, except it was for like a week. Right. And I dealt with it for months. Right. So <laughs> right. I was like, eh. Yeah, but you now can, you can appreciate. Absolutely. You can do anything for a week too, you know, as long as you right. know it's going to end. But when you don't know right. it's going to end, it's a little bit harder too. Yeah. I love it. A little that. rougher. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> you know, I'm wondering too, you know, is there, are there things that you would recommend to somebody right now if they're like in the thick of like a rough patch with their spouse? You know, they're just kind of like in it. I think we've most of us have probably had those moments or will have those moments mm -hmm. at some point where it just feels very overwhelming or maybe even like something shifted and you're not quite sure what. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, especially in uh, different seasons of life, depending on, you know, if you're dealing with the holidays or financial or babies or any of the things. Um, I think the most important thing to do when you are feeling that way with your with your spouse is 
to focus on yourself. Um, I know that's easy to say and harder to do, um, but we tend to, in those situations, want to list all the ways that they are going wrong or treating us wrong or handling the situation wrong and all the ways that we can fix those things or that they need to fix those things and really not pay attention to our role in it. Uh, even when we're saying to ourselves, oh, I know this is 50-50. Well, you may know that, but are you actually focusing on um, yourself? Because really it's 100-100 and you both need to be giving that or you're just staying in a hot mess. So um, I just really recommend focusing on yourself, getting, making sure that your daily practices are in line, that you are keeping yourself uh, mentally strong and um, leading by example. I mean, as mothers and uh, women and daughters, all these older sisters, all these things. I mean, that's, that's what we do. We need to lead by example without the commentary. So focusing on yourself and not feeling the need to add the commentary is really what, where I would start. Yeah. Oh, focusing on yourself without the commentary. That's the hard part, right? <laughs> yeah. Without the commentary is the hard part. <laughs> yeah. Do you see what I'm doing? Maybe you should do it too. No, you don't need to add that. <laughs> right. Right. Absolutely. You know, yeah. and I, I almost think that um, we can fall into that trap of feeling like we need to, you know, if somebody does mm-hmm. something, well, that was really great, but maybe you didn't fold the towels exactly how I want them folded or, you know, it oh would have been gosh, great yeah. if you would have done this earlier or whatever that may look like, you know, so yeah. Yeah. And let them, you know, while you're just sitting in it, just let them think it's their idea. You know, we, we want to fix it and we want to comment on it. Or then if they do fix it, we want them to recognize us for having brought that to them. Nobody needs that. Nobody just let them think it's their idea and relax and focus on yourself. Yeah. You'll be fine. (laughs) I love that. Absolutely. You know, it reminds me of my husband um, was doing some house projects this this, um, past weekend, and it was something I had been asking him for a bit to do. But instead of saying like, oh my gosh, finally you're doing that. I was like, oh, thank you so much. I'm so thrilled about it. And just really focus on like how excited I was. And it definitely, um, there was a difference from past times when I maybe would have been like, oh, that took a really long time or I'm so glad that you finally did that or whatever that looks like, you know, right. And not even that I meant those necessarily in a mean way, but just, you know, that I guess that was just kind of, you know, what came out. So yeah, Yeah. it's just interesting how that perspective can, can change. It can for sure. For sure. You know, I'm the therapist in me like really feels the need to like make sure that if there's somebody listening, that's in a unhealthy relationship, you know, mm-hmm. that we put out a little disclaimer that there there may be situations where working on liking your husband maybe isn't always the 100% best bet. Absolutely. So do you have any thoughts on that and, and how someone would navigate that? Or So I um, recommend five uh, questions and steps in the kind of starting process of liking your husband and getting back to a relationship that you're looking for. And one of those questions is to check in with your non-negotiables. Now, everybody always assumes that that is, um, you know, like cheating or hitting or those kind of things. Those definitely apply for sure. Um, those would be, you know, for me, those would probably be non-negotiables. Um, everybody has to navigate them. Well, let me go back to this. Uh, hitting is a non-negotiable for every person. Like mm-hmm. that should be how you feel about yourself. You don't, you don't stand for that. The other things is, is kind of up to you, but um, non-negotiables can be even uh, good things, you know, it, that you expect a spouse to have. And if they don't, are you, is it in line with how you want to spend your life? And that can be, you know, financial um, situations or um, wanting to have kids or not wanting to have kids. I mean, that can be a deal breaker for a lot of people, but it can, um, I think analyzing it from how you want to be taken care of in life, um, because we all want our spouse to take care of us. We want to know that we can take care of ourselves and we want our spouse to take care of us. And I think that's true of both men and women. And Um, so knowing what that looks like for us and whether, um, it's a non-negotiable or not for us is important. But I think to your point, um, 
it's just knowing what you're, what is safe and what you're willing um, to make accommodation for. You know, in my situation of being married to an alcoholic, um, I was also raised by an alcoholic. And um, so my husband's not a violent drinker, you know, just, just a drinker. Didn't really affect me physically or anything like that. So it's a lot easier to stay in that situation and try and help in that situation and focus on myself in that situation because he wasn't a danger to me or my kids. Um, I think not everyone definitely has that. So you have to figure that out for yourself and get the help that you need to get out of that situation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Those are tricky situations um, for sure to, to uh, navigate and to be in and and all of that. And so my heart goes out to anybody who is dealing with that. What I do love about your non-negotiables, I use something similar um, with clients that I meet with of like, I don't necessarily call it. I love that though. I would not steal that from you. I swear. (laughs) But I love love that though, you know, having the non-negotiables. And I think what's really important about that is it does like, I think it kind of almost sets you up for like, when you see red flags, like especially at the beginning of relationships, if that's a non-negotiable, then you can like get yourself out a lot quicker and easier. Than if you're in like a really committed relationship for years before some of those things come up. And so, yeah, I love that so much. That's fantastic. My dad always said to me um, when I was in high school and just growing up, he would always say, um, the reason that you date is to find the person that you're going to marry. So once there's a reason you wouldn't marry them, um, why are you still dating them? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's great advice. I feel like there's things about that that I that I took to heart. You know, I didn't marry somebody that didn't want kids or that yeah. didn't want to stay in my town or, you know, things like that that were non-negotiable to me. Um, and, you know, the other things we've worked out now, so it's fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's just kind of how life is, right? We work through those however we can, yep. whichever way that we're able to. And it sounds like you guys are on the other side of that and doing really good. And now you're helping yeah. other people to get to that point too, which is really right. cool. I yeah. um, I think there's something, you know, I heard a quote the other day. It's uh, It was something like, yeah, what, I may say this wrong and I'm not 100% sure who even said it, but essentially it was like your mess is in your message or something to that effect have you heard this yeah and I really yeah I really love that because I was like you know to me what that means is that the things that we go through we're able to be able to use and help other people if we choose to you don't have to by any means but right um, so to see somebody you know like you who you know went through these times when you didn't necessarily like your husband and that you're able to talk about them and help help other people through that is uh, really amazing yeah it really it's um I feel really lucky to be in this position and blessed and excited to share it with everybody, all the people. I just, um, I want everybody to have what I have right now Yeah, and feel that way. Absolutely. And, so. and listeners can't see you, but when you said that, I can tell that that's like <laughs> deep in your soul. Like you want people to have that. That's really great. Yeah. You know, so I, that you could see me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> No, that's great. I, I just that. let you, I just was vulnerable with you. There yeah, you go. Kelly. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I will keep that safe. I mean, of course other people will listen oh. to this, but I will keep right. that part yeah. safe so. for sure. You know, I'm wondering if we could talk a little bit about like really tangible advice um, as far as like steps or activities um, that can help strengthen the relationship. So obviously you said earlier about, you know, really focusing on yourself and, um, it wasn't necessarily the words you used, but like some personal development type stuff, like things like that yeah. that you're able to do. But what are some things that even like together couples may be able to do or that, you know, one person would be able to bring to the relationship that would help? Yeah. So um, first of all, it, it, to me, it's really getting back to why you liked that person to begin with, because those things probably have not changed. They're still in there somewhere. They get kind of beat down with the day to day and the job and the kids and the business and the in-laws and all of the things. Um, but they're still there. And so for me, it was getting back to having fun with my husband, Mike. Um, so we implemented weekly date night. It is a non-negotiable for us. It is the very first thing that goes on our calendar in our Sunday meeting every week. And, um, it is, I mean, unless a kid is just really sick, it is, it's non-negotiable for us. Um, 
we um, date night does not necessarily need to look like uh, dinner and a hundred dollars and you know babysitters and all the things um, for us it's just uh, being together alone um, having time to just connect on that level and we set up a lot of rules around that so we own a business together so we have a 20 minute timer that we set that we can talk about business and then once the timer goes off then we don't do not discuss uh, business anymore we don't talk about um, kids stuff like we might talk about things that they've done they're doing or that but if we have an issue with a kid that we need to discuss we don't do it on date night so date night is really for talking about um the podcasts that we're listening to or the fun things that have happened in our week or and going to do something fun so we tend to go hike together um sometimes just taking a walk in our subdivision um we've even you know if we can't get a babysitter sometimes we've even just walked around the block over and over and over um every four or five times, you know, pop your head in, make sure everybody's still playing well and, and move on. But it doesn't need to look like a ton of money um, or a big, you know, high heels and fancy night out. Um, and then, so getting back to that, getting, and then finding ways to do hard things together. Um, that has been really important for us. Um, creating a morning routine, working out together. We just ran a half marathon together. It was uh, my husband's first one. And um, it was, it was great. It was like the hardest thing that we had ever done together physically for sure. And it's kind of started a little bug in us to do some more things um, like that. But when we, when we can commit to doing those things that are hard that we have to set time aside for training for and set time aside for actually doing them. And, um, it just, uh, reignites our confidence in each other and the other one having our back and all those things. So, um, yeah. Is that helpful? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it made me think as you were talking about um, things that my husband and I have done that have been absolutely free. I mean, minus the gas. And there are times when we'll just drive alone, like out in the country and just like kind of sightsee. I love like nature for both of us is is huge. And so um, he's usually like scouting for ducks or geese or something. And I'm just like, yeah, beautiful (laughs) scenery. But I mean, you can just hold hands and drive and yeah, yeah. yeah. Just spend some time together and, and reconnect. And I think that that really is a a huge portion of it. And so I love your ideas and your recommendations. You know, it, it reminded me too of this thing that I saw on Facebook. I think it was, um, Oh, I think it's like Lad Baby. Have you ever seen their stuff that they put up? It's like this couple. They're from mm. England, I believe. Anyway, they're just okay. really um, quite comical. And he at one point had put up a tent in their backyard and they like he made like a little like club. and they went. <laughs> So like the kids were still there and everything, but they they like had That's this little awesome. like club in the back. And it was just a really sweet gesture of like, you know, there's we don't have a babysitter or whatever that looks like, but we're still right. going to have our fun time and still be able to take care of the kids. And so that was pretty yeah. cool to, to see that combination of it. Um, Because there may be people who, for whatever reason, aren't able to get daycare uh, or babysitters or um, whatever that may look like. And uh, And that's your season of life. Don't worry. There is there is life beyond that. uh, For sure. You know, we're at a point now where we have teenagers and that is super freeing. I mean, you have to hand them car keys, which is terrifying (laughs) as all get out. Uh, (laughs) And, um, you don't, you no longer run all of the things in their life, but, um, you know, the babysitting part is, is amazing. So, you know, we have two teenagers, so, um, getting babysitters for our younger two is really a non-issue because they live with us. So, so that will come, it will come for everyone. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. And I think that's something good to remember too, right? Like, yeah. seasons of life and so there may be times yeah. too where you feel like you have more time to devote to your relationship and where you have yeah. more time that for whatever reason um you don't have that and to like I almost feel like you gave people the ability to not feel guilt about that you know like yeah and I think too remember like make it work for you now I don't think that having babies at home um we're not talking about the first year the first year I mean just like put your head down right <laughs> get through sister because Woo, I wouldn't do that again for, well, I wouldn't do it again for anything but a baby. So, yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> I love that. you know, so, um, but 
other than after that first year, you can still find a way to have a date night at home. You just have to rearrange your thoughts on date night. You know, like my thought process is, would you rather be tired or would you rather be unhappy in your marriage? I'd rather be tired. So if that means I put the kids to bed and I stay up for 30 minutes sitting on the couch with my husband's feet in my lap, talking to him and connecting um, and lose that 30 minutes of sleep, then that that's something that I'm willing to do and give up to make sure that my marriage stays strong and happy. You know, we haven't always had built-in babysitters, so we've definitely had to get creative with that. And so I'll, I, I can let you off the hook as far as like going out. It uh, That's a season of life situation, but there's a way to make it work in your season of life too. Yeah. So. Yeah, I love that because I really do think sometimes we compare, right, to like other people. Yeah. Well, um, you know, maybe we're not able to have that weekly date night or whatever that looks like. But truly it is. It's just like what what works for you, like find what yeah. works for you. And um, it's a choice. Yeah. Yeah. And and ideally, I mean, I think that it's fantastic to make any extra time for one another that you can, whatever mm-hmm. that may look like. For sure. Yeah. And I'm big on um, my son has not always been the best sleeper, but now he's like rocking it out. And I'm like, OK, let's like move up, <laughs> move up bedtime <laughs> a little bit, you know, yeah. <laughs> always good to have a little extra sleep. So, hey, I, think I that- have an eight year old that still comes in my room every single oh, night yeah. and puts her pillow down on the floor and goes back to sleep at two in the morning yep. every single night yeah yeah I'm like oh my gosh this is gonna be really awkward for you in college sister (laughs) (laughs) I don't think you'll have to worry about oh my gosh you're hilarious hilarious. yeah you know I do remember being little though and um being scared in moments and so the fact that she feels comfortable enough to come to you is is a really good sign so I can't anticipate that as she gets older that will continue (laughs) yeah she's trying to convince us to get a king-size bed so that she'll actually fit in the bed instead of on the floor and we're just like that's no yeah no Hattie that is not gonna be a thing <laughs> can't blame her for trying though can you well, I mean <laughs> but my neck hurts well then sleep in your own right. bed I don't know <laughs> there, there's an easy solution to that isn't yeah, there right? oh my gosh I love that I love that so much. You know, one thing that I I think throughout the time that I've been listening to your podcast and um, being, you know, being able to get to know you, the thing that I have noticed throughout it is really this desire of yours to like really pursue your best life and, and to, um, you know, grow personally in whatever ways that you can. And so I, I'm really curious, you know, as you started that, that particular part of your journey, did your husband notice that? (laughs) <laughs> would your husband notice that you know what can I be honest I'm not sure he would, <laughs> sure he would. no no he did not notice that <laughs> so um yeah no my husband is is a very typical um midwestern guy so yeah. no he did not notice that I would say it took almost three years for him to notice that yeah possibly a little longer than that so when I first started uh, that journey, it, what I know is that the first person that's going to notice it is you, um, because your own inner voice changes, how you're willing to talk to yourself changes, um, the things that are, uh, non-negotiable for you changes, um, just the way that you look at the world changes. So you'll notice that internally, um, I would say my kids were the second um, people to notice that, uh, especially my older kids, um, kind of like, because... A big thank you to our sponsors, consultationandsupervision.com. Are you a social worker, a marriage and family therapist, or a counselor? Are you struggling to find supervision or consultation? So often we find ourselves searching for clinical supervision and coming to a dead end. Or we find ourselves with someone who can provide the hours, but isn't a great match for our niche and style. Well, look no further. Go to consultationandsupervision.com and scroll through a directory of therapists providing both of these services. Here you will find a picture, short bio, and contact information so you can find not just any person, but the right person. And it's totally free. So head over to consultationandsupervision.com and start searching today. Now to the show. 
for me, it, I changed everything, you know, I, I, not everything, I changed a lot of things about myself and really learned so much about how to e- deal with them. So in improving myself and improving my marriage, I am a much better mom than, than I was. So, you know, my older kids are like, well, this is interesting. You're not going to yell at us. You're wait, you want to discuss this? Like, we're going to stay calm in this entire situation, you know? So it was, they were a little unsure of how to navigate that. So we had to relearn how to talk to each other and what was acceptable. And, you know, now I think now they're willing to come to me with things and talk to me about things that, um, where we have a really open relationship and easy conversation because they know that, um, I'm honest with them about the mistakes that I've made in life and they know that they can come to me for, you know, and it'll be a safe place to be and they won't be, um, they, they may be disciplined, you know, for something that happens, you miss curfew, you're still going to be in trouble here. Um, but they, they aren't going to be made to feel like a bad person. So they're going to be safe in that. Uh, then, you know, friends in that notice, especially because I really cleaned up my circle friends. So it got a lot smaller. Um, it changed what I was willing to do when I went out, not well, you know, like what I was willing to go out for, um, just, uh, before I'm very extroverted, spent a lot of time, like filling up my time. If I had free space, then I would just fill it with other people. Um, and as you work on yourself and you start liking yourself more and being willing to be in your own head more, you don't really feel the need to always have company or you're very clear on who you want that company to be. So my circle of friends got a lot smaller and that was probably the third thing. And then my husband noticed and uh, the initial that initially looked like jealousy of the fact that I was here and he was still unhappy. So um, and also, if we're being completely honest, um, he felt like I, I, he may have noticed it sooner, but sooner he felt like it was fake, felt like I was faking it, you know, fake it till you make it. He's like, is that, you know, that's what's happening here. You know, you're just being fake. And um, it took him a while to realize, like, this is genuinely, you know, I'm genuinely happy. I'm not going to be baited. I'm not going to. Um, I may stumble sometimes, but I'm not going to fall back into old habits. So, um, and then once he kind of got over that, he was like, huh, I think I might want to, might want to do this too. What's this, you know, what's this little journaling thing that you're doing here? And what's, you know, what's this little, uh, what's this you're reading? You have, you have a book you might think I should read, you know, (laughs) like that kind of stuff. So yeah. And now we've got, uh, my, my, uh, youngest son, he also journals every morning and um, one of my daughters does as well. They're, they're, they see the difference in us and they, they are like, well, that's obviously working. So let's, let's do that. So that's fun. That is fantastic. You know um, what I love through that is I think you're right about like different, different levels of people noticing and, and how all of that, that plays out. Um, Yeah. What's really cool though, is how many people you influenced along the way though, too. Like yeah. your change influenced your family. It influenced friends. It influenced so many, you know, your husband. I mean, it, it influenced a lot of people and that's pretty cool to have that impact. Yeah, it is. Um, and, and it's funny. I do want to say this so that I don't just completely throw my husband under the bus with this. When he did take notice and did start making changes on his own, it was very strange for me. And we kind of role reversed where I got jealous because I don't know. Why is it so much easier for dudes? I think it's just like, you know, they don't have as many uh, things going on in their mind as far as like making all the people happy. So it's a lot easier to clear headspace for for personal growth. And then of course, you know, he starts exercising and that just was so easy, you know, like, you know, drops weight, boom, easy. Um, You know, can run three miles, three minutes a mile faster than me, you know, all these things. And it it just was, it seemed, I know it was not in his mind. um, But to me, from the outside perspective, it looked so easy for him to accomplish these things that then I got jealous. Um, And I didn't even realize I was doing it. It was like three or four weeks where I was just like, 
I want to be happy for you, man. But what, I feel like I, this took me years and now you're just like, boom, done, right. healthy. Yeah. So that, that can be uh, hard to navigate as well. So Absolutely. You know, it's funny that, that you say that not just obviously about weight, but about other things as well, like men do. And I don't know for whatever reason, maybe just how they're built and how they're different, but they do seem to not um, take us like long to like work through some of that at times, not always, but yeah. at times. But I remember <laughs> it makes me think of my father-in-law. One day he, he called us. He's like, oh, you know, I haven't ate ice cream for like the last month and I've dropped 30 pounds. And I was like, how is that even possible? <laughs> like how much ice cream were you eating? <laughs> like, right. Can we talk about this? <laughs> like what is this life? I can't even right. imagine. I, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. You know, my husband, if he, you know, starts drinking water and gives up well, he doesn't drink soda, but you know, if he would give, oh, dessert, he's a big dessert guy. He gives that up for a week and all of a sudden he's like fighting weight, like six pack. Out. I'm like, just like, what in the right. world? <laughs> I don't even eat dessert. And I look at what you eat and I've just gained three pounds. So like, what is happening? Yeah, it's, so it's unfair. Kind of, it is. It's kind of wild, isn't it? It's like, this is just yeah. feels very backwards, but okay. It does. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. I can build a person and he can't do that. Right. So. That is always, that is always the thing. It's like, you know what? That's the one thing that we got, right? Yeah. My husband was like, well, I read an article the other day that they're working on that so that men can carry babies. I'm like, good. Then you can carry yeah. the next child. Feel free. Right? It's so much fun. You, you go right ahead, man. Absolutely. You know why we're on this, like this, this topic too. I wonder if we can talk about like, what if somebody's like spouse isn't supportive. So like maybe in that situation, you know, it sounds like you and your husband, both, you were able to really work through that. But what if someone's spouse is just like not willing to work through that and is frustrated with any changes or, um, even is just really stuck with where they're at. And because of that is holding someone back. Yeah. So, um, based on my personal experience, um, you cannot actually force somebody to change. So it really just comes down to your non-negotiables. And for me, a non-negotiable is growth. So um, let's see, I think it's Dave Hollis that says, if you're not growing, you're dying. It might be mm-hmm. Rachel Hollis. Somebody, somebody said that, somebody famous um, said that, if you're not growing, you're dying. And I believe that to the very core of my being because I watched it happen. I, I watched us slowly dying and deteriorating and our relationship deteriorating um, because we were not focused on growth. So um, I didn't need my husband to do that overnight. I mean, like I said, it took about three years for him to notice um, in full the, the changes that I had made. And um, now I won't, won't say that it took three years for our relationship to improve. Our relationship was definitely improving along the way there, but none of that had to do with me giving ultimatums or forcing him or even suggesting. It just um, improved because I was handling our relationship differently. And um, the, you know, the first few times you change anything, it's really uncomfortable and everybody's kind of like trying to navigate it. But once you see that it, feels better to do it this way. Um, I mean, you just come along, you come along for the ride, it seems like to me. So um, I think that you have to decide how long you can handle being the only one that is soul focused on that and what that looks like for you. Um, I have been divorced in the past and knew that I was not willing to be divorced again. I do not like sharing my son at all. I do not willing to share my daughters. So, um, so for, and, and my husband's the same way. He's also divorced previously. So we know a non-negotiable for us is raising our kids together. Um, and we're really good at it. You know, even when we were, um, unhappy in our relationship, we are great logistical partners. I mean, we can roommate with the best of them. We like each other. And for the most part, we, cook well we we get kids where they're supposed to go well we do chores well you know like that part of our relationship is is uh, pretty strong and always has been so um to me I was willing to work at this until my last kid left because that that wasn't an option for me so I think um 
if divorce is a non-negotiable for you, um, especially when you have children, then you just are working. You just work at it and you just hope, you know, you just, you can't make all these changes and become this other person and not have it, not have it seen. I mean, it's just, it's all over your face. It's all over the way that you deal with things and arguments and handle conversations and, and all the things. So that's what I believe. Absolutely. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense to continue to work through that until, until you get to that point where essentially Mm -hmm. you're no longer willing to keep in that situation and whatever that looks like to just keep, you know, trucking along essentially and um, do what you need to do for yourself and for your family and, and continue through that. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, it does make me think though. um, So I've kind of been on this, not kind of, I've been on this journey probably for about like the last two, three years as well of just really changing my own inner dialogue. And um, obviously being a therapist, you know, I, I'm helping other people process through their day, but it's a lot harder when it's your own life. Right. And so um, for sure. So that, that's certainly been a part of it. But one thing I thought was really interesting is after I had, um, really made some really good progress. I remember saying to my husband one night and some people may have heard the story before, but I remember saying to him, like, I just don't get it. Like you don't see how different I am. Like I've made all these changes. I've done all these things. And and what he said to me then was really, he's not, I swear he's not usually super insightful, but he was then. <laughs> he said, well, Kelly, you know, you are the same. Like you're just now seeing yourself as the way that the rest of the world has right. always seen you. And I thought, that's it. Like, you know, right. yes, I'm, I'm, I've made progress on how I'm viewing myself, but the way that I am like showing up and the way that other people are seeing me, because let's be real, we're probably most of the time good at putting on a pretty good front. And so, people, right. You oh, know, I can fake it with the best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Same. Let's just call it like it is, you know? And so being able to like actually be that person though, you know, do you know right. what I mean? Like that, that just, I think it completely changes your life and changes the life of those around you. Yeah, I think um, becoming the person that everybody, becoming the person inside that everybody thinks you are outside, because if you knew me a few years ago, you would not know that we um, had dealt with alcoholism in our house. You would not know that I, um, you would honestly think that I'm the most confident person you've ever met because I am really good at, at playing that, that role. I mean, if there was an award I've got it wrapped up. Um, But I think to, with what you said, I agree with you like 98%. So yes, um, sometimes it is hard for anybody else to see it because you are just now seeing yourself the way that they already see you. Um, And uh, so there is that aspect of it, but then there's that one step farther where that's now you can have confidence in that. And the confidence I think is what can then kind of, um, open up people's eyes to how different you actually are because you can't help, but show that off once it's happened. I mean, it just changes your voice and your face and your, you know, your, the way you hold yourself and all the things. So, um, but I mean, your husband has a very valid point, you know, it's like when my husband made all these changes, uh, in his life, I'm like, you are finally being who you are, who I know you are. And you're finally like getting that, um, through your own head that that's who you are. Um, and getting your, um, inner dialogue, uh, on board with the, who, how amazing you are, what, who I see, who I married. So talking to yourself like that (laughs) can change everything. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that, um, that next step, that showing up, showing up for your life essentially and allowing yourself to be seen. That's the part that I'm through that I feel like I'm just getting through at this point is like being willing to show up in life confidently as I am being willing to be seen. And that's a part that I hope that um, all people will get to, because I think that it, it is freeing because when you know who you are and you're confident in that, it doesn't matter if somebody does say something about you um realistically they're probably not thinking about you anyway you know let's just throw that out there (laughs) but even if they did thinking about you (laughs) even if they did think about you and said something you know you know you know who you are and you know your heart and you know how you're attempting to show up in the world and you know that you're human and you may make mistakes and errors but there is something so freeing about that 
Yeah. And I think for people in our position, yours, my, you know, you as a therapist and myself um, doing a lot of one-on-one marriage coaching and um, it's easy for people that are actually in our lives socially to like judge that or look at that um, and look at, I I mean, as a therapist, I'm sure people look at the way you parent or look at the way you interact Mm -hmm. with your husband or the way you handle yourself at Starbucks or whatever. Um, And, you know, they hold you to a standard because that's your job title. And, uh, you know, my son, you know, God love him. He's 16 year old, 16 years old. And he's just, he can't understand like, well, how can you coach people in marriage when you guys still disagree sometimes? And I'm like, well, you don't, you're never going to be perfect. Um, Not to mention we work together every single day and do life together. Like if you can do that without arguing, then you probably are sick. Like (laughs) I think there's like, you might need a pill. I don't know what you need, but it's, it would blow my mind. Um, So it's not, you're not going to be perfect in it. You know, I learn so much in the mistakes I make within my own relationship. That is why I'm able to help people um, be better and do better and figure themselves out and walk them through that. It's because I've been in it and I continue to work at it every single day. And the minute I stop working at it, I will no longer be able to do this work either. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. You know, it's kind of that theory of like, you really just need to be like one step ahead of, of where someone else yeah. is in order to help them through their journey. That's essentially yeah. what that boils yeah. down to. I love that. I love that. You know, I'm wondering as we were wrapping it up here, can I ask you some questions that I ask everyone on the podcast? Sure. Awesome. Are you familiar with Brene Brown? I am. Oh, okay. Okay. So she has yeah. her book, Braving the Wilderness, where she talks about like stepping out into the wilderness into something scary and not really knowing where you're going and um, essentially being alone, but finding others along the way and finding yourself. And so I'm wondering if you can share about a time where you feel like you stepped out into that wilderness. I can, but I feel lame saying this because I've already brought it up. I mean, my wilderness was definitely walking into an Al-Anon meeting. Yeah. Um, that there's just nothing else that I can even really compare that to um, or say that I've ever had another situation like that. So yeah, walking in there, um, not knowing anyone, being fairly terrified that I would know someone and then they would know my deep secrets, you know, Um, that uh, it's definitely a wilderness. You feel very alone in that and um, yeah. Yeah. I I, that's really all I've got for no, that. No, that's not lame. Are you kidding me? Yeah. That's fantastic. I think that that's, I mean, that's, it's true, right? Like it, it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's very, very scary. I always like to ask people this now. Do you ever regret it? Do you regret going to Al-Anon? Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, absolutely not. My life now is, I mean, so much richer and fuller at the things that I've learned about myself, about why I was doing the things that I was doing based on the you know, the childhood that I had, why I was um, having the relationship that I was having based on the way, you know, marriage was modeled for me. I spent a lot of time like, well, I mean, that's just what, that's just what my family did. You know, like that's, that's how I was raised. I can't help it. That's how I was raised. You know, I spent a lot of time saying that. And um, I just really believe like what you are when you leave your parents home is their fault. I mean, you know, it's how my kids leave my house will be because a direct um, indicator of me as a parent um, and what they choose to do from there is completely on them. So um, hopefully I will have given them all the tools to do life really well and be amazing people that I want to be friends with. Um, But I had to figure that out uh, for myself. And so, no, I could couldn't regret that. I mean, my kids are going to be some amazing humans because of the things I learned walking into that meeting. Yeah. So I love that. It's just always so fascinating to me because truly the life that we want to live is often just right over a really scary step. Oh, it it always, I think it's always over the scariest thing you can possibly do. And that's, you know, I talk about that in uh, one of my podcasts about how I practice confidence every day. Um, And the way, one of the ways that I do that is by doing a hard thing 
every single day, first thing in the morning, like pick the thing you don't want to do and just get it done and prove to yourself um, that first of all, you're more than capable. And second of all, that you're going to be honest with yourself. You're going to live up to your own expectations. And then um, you always, the good things are always right past that crap that you don't want to do. I mean, they just always are. Yeah, absolutely. So what that tells me is to keep pushing through those moments and and truly yeah. life can only get better and better. Yep. So just that, have to get in the hard ones for a little bit. Absolutely. It'll be fine. Absolutely. That'll be fine. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> I love that. That's so true. <laughs> can you tell me who sticks out in your mind as biggest encouragers throughout your life? Oh, biggest encouragers in my life. Uh, currently, my biggest encourager is my husband. Um, for sure. But that's a new, newer role for him. Um, so uh, he's killing it at it. Yeah. So he, he literally thinks I can do anything. It's a little confusing to me sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can pull that off. He's like, oh yeah, you got it. I'm like, okay. Um, but I had two of the most amazing grandmas that anyone could ever wow. ask for who literally thought that I could do anything anything I wanted to do with my life and encouraged me in that without any, um, buts, you know, without any, like, here's what's going to hold you back. It was just, you, you've got this. So, um, I have them in my head, um, a lot through this process and every day, um, to remind me of, uh, their opinion of me. Cause it's really one of the only opinions of me that, that has ever, really mattered so I love that I love that yeah grandmas are pretty special a lot of the time huh yeah yeah absolutely well and I love that you say um that your husband is like you can do anything and you're like what are you sure I love love that he's rooting for you that's awesome yeah the the only time he ever was like I don't think you can do that was uh, when I mentioned natural childbirth he was pretty much like I don't actually think you're capable of that, babe. Oh. He was right. He was, he was right. He was right. <laughs> it was fine. You know, seven centimeters. I was like, oh, you're so right. Like, no, nope, uh, not doing it. <laughs> you know, childbirth is just one of those things, right? I mean, it's, it is tough. It is tough. No matter how it happens or what happens, it's tough all yep. the way around. So yeah. Yep. yeah. And it never goes the way you want it to no. ever. So you know, I tried to trick it. I tried to trick it and not plan because then I was like, well, then I'll get like the perfect thing. That doesn't work either. Just so you know. <laughs> Yeah. There's no yeah. I it. walked into my, my first kid with a birth plan that yeah. pretty much got laughed. I mean, they laughed that plan right on <laughs> out of there, you know, 64 <laughs> hours of labor later, they were like, oh my gosh, uh, it's time to set aside the birth plan. I'm I think like, we should probably yeah. slowly rip this up. <laughs> <laughs> you want to burn it? Let's go. Okay. I'll eat it. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> oh my God. Because I'm starving by now. Oh, no kidding. No kidding. Oh, I love that so much. That is so funny. My cheeks hurt from laughing. You're killing me. Oh, goodness. Well, I just really appreciate you being on the show. And I'm wondering if you can share real quick before we end here, how can people follow your journey? Where can they find your podcast? All of the good things. Yeah. So um, I am on Instagram at Mrs. Rachel Ballard uh, and have a website under that same name, Mrs. Rachel Ballard right now. And um the podcast is how to like your husband and you can find that um, anywhere that you like to listen to podcasts. So I'd love to have you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I look forward to continuing to listen to your podcast. Um, I do have to say one thing I meant to say this earlier, but there was a moment in there and it was nothing that you said. I want to be really clear, but I almost yeah. like cringed and I was like, why am I cringing at this? And I realized it's because I'm uncomfortable because it needs to be said and I need to hear uh, it. And yeah. I'm just like, for whatever reason, a little resistive. Good. And that's what I thought. I was like, this is good. I need to continue to listen to this. That's always well, a good. good sign. That's always a good sign. Maybe that needs to be my new tagline. I promise to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> I love that. that definitely needs to be it. Being uncomfortable. That's where we grow, right? So that's where growth comes from. Yeah. Yeah. So for you're sure. doing you're doing a great job so thank you so much for being on the show and for hanging out with us thank today you. Absolutely. thank you Kelly I appreciate it thank you for listening to Kelly and the Encouragers podcast for all things related to this episode please go to www.kellysisson.com backslash podcast 
where you can find transcript from today's show and links for today's guest. See you next week for another episode.